0: do this. And I'm like, I, I I, really got scared, Lucy. I mean, I, I truly got, I think the fear of doing something new, even though I, I have been a real estate investor through Airbnb at my house, but this was the first time that I was doing it in a standalone unit, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I really got scared. I really got nervous. And so I didn't do it.
1: My name is Lucy King. I am on a mission to teach Latinas how to build generational wealth by healing their relationship with money, investing in the stock market, and launch an online coaching business. I am a mom, a wife, coach, speaker, and author who went from believing I had to work mentally and physically hard for my money to now having multiple investment accounts. On this show i share the strategies to manage your dinero all things finance and wealth building for latinas welcome to say hola well podcast lista let's go you are listening to episode number 14 how to invest in real estate 101 with victor celedon Victor is an Airbnb ambassador and coach, helping people create extra income streams through real estate investing and house hacking. Hello, Victor. Welcome to Say Hola Wealth Podcast. How are you doing today?
0: Good, good. good. Happy to be here. Um, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm currently in California right now, so I think I'm on, on your same time zone.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I am so honored that you agreed to be here because I have been following your journey and your wife, of course, because she's a big part of what you're doing. And I'm just so fascinating with everything that you're doing. I have seen you grow in the last uh, few years. And so I am familiar with your story, but of course we have... New people that listen to the podcast. We have new people that follow you, that follow me. So let's start by sharing a little bit about your money story. Can you tell us how, how'd you grew up, who you are, what you do?
0: Sure, sure, definitely. So um my name is Victor Celedon. I um I was born in El Salvador. And so um my parents brought me when I was very little. So I pretty much grew up in the United States, right? And so I grew up in the United States uh, between mostly in California, northern for a few years and mostly in Southern California. Um, But really, I have like kind of like the same similar money story as a lot of people. You know, you grow up, you go to college, you get a job, you start getting these credit cards. And so like, uh, I think in 2008, uh, we got married, my wife and I got married in 2008. And so in 2010, we had our son and right before 2010, um, I started noticing that like most of our credit cards were all maxed out and we're like, okay, it's not that big deal. I could, I think I could make the monthly payment. Right. And so I just kept doing that. Right. And so when my son was born, not only were we getting these credit card bills, but we were getting these hospital bills, doctor's bills. And I'm like, okay, I barely have enough money to make these credit card payments, and now I can't really pay these doctor bills. So what do we do? And so we were, we were kind of like, you know, freaked out really, because we weren't really managing money. The way we were managing money was, okay, we got paid, our money came into our bank account, and everything was in our head. Okay, so I have X amount of dollars, and if I swipe the card, I have X amount less. And so that method obviously didn't work because they paid us on Friday and by Sunday, pretty much everything was gone, right? And so we started, um, we actually found our our way through the budget budgeting system through like the Dave Ramsey program, the Financial Peace University. And so at church we found it. And so we started doing that. We started getting on the budget. We started selling a bunch of things and we started uh, decreasing our spending and then um, tracking everything, right? And so little by little, we started noticing, okay, oh good, we we were able to pay off a credit card. We're able to pay off two. And then what really set us like further in the green, I guess, because we were always pretty much in the red, was we sold our house. And so we were able to get a big chunk of money from that sale. And so we paid pretty much everything off, uh, our cars, our credit cards, and so we had like a, a, a good size emergency fund to say, but yeah, um, that's how we, we got started. Um, we noticed that we, we didn't have any school loans, but we did have a lot of credit cards. That's pretty much the, the majority of our debt was credit cards and car, car notes. So uh, we started paying them off. And I think the, the big game changer in our life was being on the budget.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. I've learned so much more about you that I actually do. (laughs) So you mentioned Dave Ramsey. So of course, I'm going to ask you about that. Did you feel seen with the methodology that he was teaching in his program as far as the understanding the, the Latino, the Hispanic perspective, perspective of building well because obviously he's his budget method worked, but because you were able to come out of that right but did you feel seen
0: um so this is my story with Dave Ramsey we unfortunately I mean not unfortunately but we just don't follow him anymore so I feel like with a lot of programs you either you start them and then you can graduate into like a different role and a different type of system so we don't we don't follow his method anymore but at that time, he was mostly like, we didn't, we knew of him obviously, right? We knew it was Dave Ramsey, he created the program, he created whatever system that, he, that we were doing, but we were actually more, um, so mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey has a class called Financial Peace University and Financial Peace University is led by either like uh, local people at, at a church or at a, a community hall. And so in our group, in our small group, we were definitely loved by the people in our small group. Um, I honestly don't even think uh, personally, like Dave Ramsey really knows who I am, doesn't care really what I do. doesn't, I don't really matter to him too much, but to the small group that I was in, I definitely felt seen. And so I definitely felt loved. I definitely felt seen, especially when we were kind of like struggling, like what do we do? Because we were getting predators calling us, and so I was able to lean on into our, our, our lead um, and like, what do I do? And like, they went through it. So they were able to help us. And as a Latino, uh, unfortunately, there was maybe like one other Latino in there. So it was not really too much of representation of that, that part of it. But I, I did feel seen in the local aspect, but not by Dave Ramsey.
1: Okay. Okay. And I'm glad you were. And I actually didn't know that some of those trainings are also provided through the local church. Um, I recently learned that actually this year because our oh. church was uh, asking for people to volunteer to teach the program. And yeah. I, I remember telling, like, <laughs> oh, you know, not his program. I can teach you my program, but not his program. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, uh, you guys started your journey in. 2010, now it's 2022. And of course, you have had a, I want to call it a revelation of knowledge, a revelation of implementation. And now you and your wife are building well through real estate. So I'm very chismosa and I want to know <laughs> what are some of those limiting beliefs that you have to let go, especially you as a male. Um, that you have to let, let go of to decide, you know what, Be becoming a real estate investor is for someone that looked like me.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was a big change. I mean, in, in 20, no, 2009, we bought our first home, my, my wife and I, and it was a primary res- residence. We weren't really thinking about investing. We weren't doing anything. We just wanted a place to live. Honestly, I think we only bought it because my dad told me to buy it. <laughs> and so he told me, oh, you should buy a house. I'm like, I don't even know if I could. Um, and and I guess I, I, we were, right? So we bought the house, we sold it. And so it was a, a 700 square foot, two bedroom house. And obviously we're, we're, it was, we were a growing family. So we decided to sell it. And then just, uh, we went through the NACA program, which is a nonprofit. It's a... Uh, I don't even remember what, what NACA means. <laughs> uh, oh, the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, right? So we went through their program and we were able to get our second house. Uh, we sold our house first house, and then so we were able to get our primary house. It was a little bigger and a better area, a better house. And so we weren't really thinking again, we weren't thinking of becoming real estate investors. We were just thinking, okay, we need a place to live. We kind of want a nicer area. And then um, because in my head, like I, I always thought, okay, real estate investors are like Donald Trump, you know, they're the elite, they're the top you know, 1% of America. I'm like, I didn't really, I didn't think about it. But what really changed my mind was, okay, in the past, I have seen my dad rent out a room or a garage. Um, and so we started house hacking, right?
1: Okay, and so okay. I rented
0: out a room in my house, a four bedroom house, we rented out a room. And I started seeing money come in. I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. I mean, we start, we were working, we were both working our jobs and we started seeing this money come in. And I'm like, this is real estate investing. Like a lot of our, a lot of our tias and tios, you know, even our family, our dads and our moms, they've done that, right? They've rented a room or they've, they rented out a room or they've actually rented a room in somebody else's house. And so that's, house hacking. I mean, that term is so, sort of new, but you know, 20 years ago when my dad was doing it, they were just renting out a room. Um, so that started, that started the the ball rolling in my eyes. Okay. This is really estate investing because I'm using my, my house as an asset because it's making me money instead of costing me money. So that's definitely something that really changed in my head. Um, the other thing that changed in my head was I read there's a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And so that I think a lot of people uh, have read that book. And so that, that switched in my mind, like, okay, maybe, I mean, I wasn't making a lot of money and I still honestly don't in my W-2, but I think that changed something in my mind where like, I could turn my, again, my my liabilities into assets and make money. So yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like the book. I know that a lot of people don't agree with philosophy and of course things change, right. When people publish yeah. a book and up to now, uh, but he definitely has some strategies that help us so much. And I, I also wanted to point out that you said like renting a room in your house is part of you becoming a, a real estate investor. And I don't think a lot of the BC mujeres realize that, that, you don't necessarily have to go and buy a new home. In fact, I actually suggested to my clients that they first rent a room in their house to see if they actually like renting, right? Because you don't want to have this big house with three rooms, five rooms. And then you realize like, wait a second, I don't enjoy these, right? And so (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's super, super important. So for someone who's... Getting into this real estate in investing. Are you comfortable sharing with us like the process that you had to walk through in terms of like location, how much you you knew you and your wife could afford? And what was the pivotal moment for you guys to say, we're doing this?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like I said, we started with the house hacking. We started renting out a room because I always tell people, you know, use what you have, just like you tell your, your, your clients, you know, use what you have. If you already have a house, if you have an extra bedroom, use that, you know, you don't just have to automatically go and buy a separate house. Right. So use what you have, use your room. And so we started doing that. And all of a sudden, like our housing expense So I'm always transparent with the numbers. So our mortgage payment here in California, Southern California is $2,000 a month, right? So the $2,000, it started getting smaller because of the room that I was renting. So the first year we were getting about 800 to 1,000 in just the room alone. Okay, so that reduced our our housing somewhat in half. And then the second year we started renting out uh, one room through Airbnb and then the other one through just like a long-term rental. And so we were covering all our mortgage. And so we were pretty much saving those $2,000 each month, right? Uh, For a year. And then we were able to save that. And then we thought, okay, it was. I think this was like in 2020, like kind of like when the pandemic first started, my wife and I thought, okay, what if we buy another house that we can rent full time? Because we already, like I said, we already had the experience of renting a room through Airbnb. We had the experience of, Seeing how much it can make. And so we decided okay, we, we talked to a bank and so we got pre qualified. So we got pre in, in our head, we were when we first thought, you know, we were going to rent and uh, buy another house, we thought okay, maybe we're going to be approved for five hundred, three hundred thousand. 300,000, but we actually were, were approved for 170,000, right? So I know 180,000 $180, in Southern California doesn't really go a long way, as you can yeah. already know. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, <right? laughs> nothing so what we we were talking to my primos my my cousins in austin and they were telling me well why don't you come to austin and i was looking around austin even in austin austin's a really nice city but it's expensive more than our budget so i was just it's funny because i was looking at a map and i was just zooming out of texas right and then i look at the little city of waco texas and i remember okay waco mm-hmm. texas i remember the tv show with Chip and Joanna Gaines, that yes. know, yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I could, I could afford these prices, and I was started, I started to look at them, and so they were within my price range. So what, I, what we did was we booked a ticket, an airplane ticket to Waco. Uh, we got there on a Friday. I had already talked to a real estate agent out there, and I called a few because not everybody answers their phone, which is crazy. But uh, we, we actually found one, and so she was able to get us a few appointments. So we got there on a Friday. We started looking at homes Friday, Saturday. And then by that, that same day, we started putting offers in. The first one got rejected. The second one, we, we backed out after we didn't end up liking it. And then the third one, we were writing it. And we, I was supposed to submit it that night, but I got cold feet. Uh, and, and then by Sunday, they had already accepted another offer. And I'm like, why didn't I do it? I I, I shouldn't have done that, but I, a week later, I guess it fell out of escrow. So we were able to submit the offer again for that property.
1: It was meant to be.
0: Yeah, it it was meant to be. I mean, the process started from, okay, we had some money saved and, and Lucy, it wasn't even a lot of money. I think it was maybe, I mean, it, it's a good amount of money, but it's not too much where it's not attainable. I think it was uh, $20,000, right? So 20,000 between the first Mm -hmm. and two years of doing the Airbnb. And so we went out, and then the purchase price was one seventy, and then we were able to get seller credits, and, and so it, it ended up costing us one hundred seventy thousand. Our payment now it's I think one thousand fifty dollars somewhere around there, and uh, that's how we got started with our second and third Airbnb because we were able to just kind of like go outside our area and, and invest and look at uh, out of state investing.
1: Wow! Wow! All of these I'm like. Bring me the popcorn because you're giving us so many good gems in terms of like the mindset that you have to have to make your dreams happen, right? Like you guys decided, okay, California is expensive and most people will just stop and say, it's not for us. It's too much. I can't afford it. Move on. Right. But you and your wife were able to see beyond the state and thinking about, okay, if it doesn't happen here, can it happen elsewhere, right? And now you have properties in two states, am I correct? You can correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Right, well, I mean, overall, there's three states. So there's, yeah, three states, yeah.
1: Okay, so I, I just wanted to point that out because I think that this conversation is so powerful in terms of like trusting yourself, trusting the belief that you are able to build wealth by putting yourself out there and when you said like I got cold feet that's also limiting beliefs right so I want to t- I want to take you back to that moment when you using your own words you got cold feet what was coming to Victor's mind when you didn't make the decision at that point
0: so I, I still remember so we actually rented an Airbnb out there in Waco and I remember I was I mean, when you when you submit an offer, mostly it's through digital. So like the docusign. Right. And I was filling all the boxes and I got to the last one, submit to send it to the agent. I'm like, wait, this is a bad idea. What am I doing? Like, I'm in Texas. I'm from California. I've never been to Texas. I don't know Waco. I don't know uh, how to do this. And I'm like, I I, I really got scared, Lucy. I mean, I, I truly got I think the fear of doing something new, even though I, I have been a real estate investor through Airbnb at my house. But this was the first time that I was doing it in a standalone unit, right? And Mm -hmm. so I I really got scared. I really got nervous. And so I didn't do it. And then, um, I mean, on Monday, I think I didn't, I didn't even think I told my wife. Uh, she, She just thought that I had already done it, but I didn't tell her. And then, so when I told her the next day, she's like, wait, why didn't you do it? She was almost like, Uh, and that's what that's the thing I love about my wife she's she's almost like fearless like she even if she fails she doesn't it doesn't matter to her she she'll still support me she'll still want to do it and that's a that's the thing that that you should keep in mind or anybody listening should keep in mind with real estate you have a lot of exit strategies either you know if something doesn't work out you can sell the property you could rent it out long term you could rent it out short term you could rent it out midterm which is you know, three, 30 days plus, but less than a year, or you could just, um, just keep it and just move into it. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, yeah.
0: There's so many different strategies. And I think the fear that I had because of the failure that I, that I thought was going to happen, that held me back. I mean, it ended, it ended up working out, but if I would have lost our property, I probably, you know, would have had difficulty in finding something else that was exactly like that deal.
1: Yeah. Thank you for being honest. And I, I I'm, it's not like I want to pick on you, but I, I want people listening, um, that fear, the fear of failing, the feel of failure is actually a good thing. And when you are the first one in your family to, to go beyond what our parents built for us, right? Like I have this analogy that I use with my clients. Like they built a dome for us to keep us safe from everything that they went through, right? They want to keep us safe. But when we start going away from that safe space, that's when we grow the most. And so kudos to your wife for being fearless. And I'm just like, wow, because I know that she is, she is a big component of you guys' success that you have because you know it's you're here doing the interview, but I also know that she takes a big part on how you guys are building wealth. Now, you're a father of two. But I have to ask you this. <laughs> so have you hired your kids yet through your real estate entities?
0: You know what I haven't yet, but okay. I have heard that people do that, but I haven't personally yet. But uh, that that is a good thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you as as a first, um, and I'm not giving you personalized advice, but just for people that are listening, um, we can hire kids through our um, you know entities, uh, LLCs, and of course, always check with an accountant because you want to make sure. But that is something that. Is an option. And guess what's gonna happen with your kids, Victor? You're giving them like an early, early start to breaking the cycle of living paycheck to paycheck, and you are literally building generational wealth with them, even with the with the with the baby, right? So I know that as you started to invest in real estate. You also have to get yourself in debt in a way, right? To build a portfolio. So I want to ask you about what are you doing in terms of like working on the mindset to feel comfortable being in debt, which is totally the opposite of the debt that you had in 2008, 2010, right? Because back then it was what's considered bad debt. Now you have good debt. What's going on in your head when you look at that number of your day?
0: Yeah. And and that's one of the main, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why we're not doing Dave Ramsey anymore, but that's one of the big ones. Um, he always recommends you buying rentals hundred percent cash, which I mean, it might work for a lot of people, but it didn't really work in our situation. And so, I mean, it wasn't difficult for me to leave that program. And I'm like, okay, whatever. We just graduated. We move on. Things change. Like it, he doesn't care. And I mean, I have to focus on my family, right? And so, yeah, we got into, uh, we have mortgage debt. So uh, between the three properties, we have, I think it's somewhere around like the six, $700,000 range of, of debt, right?
1: Okay. And Can so you la- say the number again, please, for those listening?
0: Uh, a six, I think it's around 650. So six, $650,000 okay. of debt. And so, when you think of that number, that number is huge, you know. And it, it might like turn your stomach, or it might make you pass out. But honestly, it doesn't really affect me too much because I mean that six hundred fifty thousand dollars of debt is uh, leveraged because the bank is holding pretty much most of that, right? And so, obviously, I have to make I have to make the down payment. I have to furnish the properties, but the bank is the one that's holding that debt, uh, and I just leverage it. So be with, I think the first property, I put $17,000 down payment. The second property, oh, well let me rewind. The first property in California, I didn't have to put a down payment through the NACA program, right? And so that's good. The second one, I put 17,000. And then the third one, I think I put, because of the credits, I ended up putting $7,000, right? And so Lucy, that's not too much money. That's not a lot of money. That's like less than what a car costs, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're leveraging that to control right now we have 1.3 million dollars worth of uh, real estate and so that's like the the market well, that, value. let me
1: like that is huge right for yeah. someone who got coffee 2010 whatever maybe not i'm not having that year but that is huge victor
0: yeah i mean it, thank you and and you don't you don't really realize obviously because it's not liquid cash obviously but i mean when you do your whole uh net worth and you know, calculations. We're around the half million dollar range right now, and that's from like a few years ago where we were in the negative to now. Um, it's it's big. I mean, uh, you you should celebrate. Everybody should celebrate every milestone, right? Everybody should celebrate each each mile, each uh, success. And 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 that doesn't really affect me too much the debt because I know okay, I'm I'm borrowing money. So the the highest interest rate that I have is three percent, and so. Wow. My- Yeah. Right. And so my first property is 1.875 interest rate. The second one is 2.99. And the third one is three. And if I'm making, you know, 15 to 20% cash on cash return, I could beat the 3% that the bank is charging me. And I'm paying down my loans with somebody else, you know, a tenant, an Airbnb guest is paying down my loans. I'm getting the appreciation of the house value. I'm getting the tax benefits. And um, in in a couple of years, I'm going to have these properties uh, debt free. And it's going to be either my name or my trust or my kids, you know, in my legacy. So that, that's what doesn't scare me too much.
1: Yeah. I mean, your strategy right now that you're using in terms of like reducing your taxes, right? Creating the legacy. And again, if you decide to hire your kids, that's like a yeah. like a triple advantage. Right. Um, so I, I'm just like drooling over here because I mean, what you're saying, I'm just like, wow, you know, and and this is proof that regardless of how you grew up, regardless of your background, even regardless of your education, you can build wealth if you stay committed to the journey, if you trust yourself, right? And of course, as we continue to level up, we're going to. Face those limiting beliefs again, or the cold fee, how many going to use your words, but we have to continue to trust that wealth is for people that look like us. So, oh my God, Victor, I have so many, so many questions, but I don't want to, I don't want to let you go without asking you about um, what you're doing right now, which is you're a coach and you also teach people how to leverage Airbnb to build wealth. Am I correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. So, um, through Airbnb, they have a Airbnb ambassador program, and so they get experienced hosts like me, and then they help uh, experienced hosts like me, like Airbnb ambassadors. They help people. They walk them through becoming hosts, and kind of we set them up in the way where they're they're going to be successful, pretty much from the day that they go live, because um, I had to kind of like just learn everything just through just just me. Right, uh, I had to either look it up, try and air. Yeah, trial and error because I, I made a lot of errors, and so every every time that you get a different situation, you learn from it, right? So the you know the the four four years that we have from the trial and error, we're able to set these people up in a better way, going forward, right? And so yeah, we we are we're doing that. Um, we're also kind of like just helping them. Okay, even the people that are interested in like, in uh, real estate, so we help them. Analyze deals so people can either book with me directly or through Instagram. And then we help them analyze deals. Okay, somebody might bring me, Hey, Victor, I have this property. Do you think it's worth it? it does it make sense? Do the numbers make sense for an investment? Mm-hmm. And then we just walk them step by step. We walk them through the numbers. And then if it ends up being good, we tell them, Yeah, it's good. If it's not, then we tell them also, It's not. So we, we do a lot of that um, either through the Airbnb Ambassador Program and also just through just like the one-on-ones.
1: That's fantastic. And as you're explaining that, I, I remember at the beginning of, of, the, of the podcast, you were talking about like, I used to think of Donald Trump, right? And I, and as you're saying these, I'm like thinking of Victor and the legacy that you are creating within our community to help others um, really jumpstart that, okay, real estate investing is for you. So I'm I'm so fascinated with this. Um, but I know you're a, you're a busy, busy hombre. So I want to ask you two more questions. One is, sure. what what has been one investment that you made in yourself in the last three years that has totally paid off for you?
0: So um, the investment that I that I feel that I made in myself was, honestly, I think just getting rid of my my personal debt, like the credit card debt. Um, I felt. Like even with the debt, I, I kind of felt that I didn't, I wasn't able to get ahead, right? And so when I got rid of that, I, I almost felt like unstoppable in the way. And, and it sounds funny because I, I know it's different for everybody and, and, and I'm, the situations that people get into, I mean, sometimes you just have to, you, you have to do what you have to do, right? And so for some people get into that for different reasons but just in the personal, like once I got rid of that, once I started doing the budget, once I started spending below my means, like I felt unstoppable. And I think that's one, it did take time. It it took me about a year or two. Uh, But I think once I was able to get to that point, like that's the investment, the sacrifice that we made. I was working my nine to five. I was working Uber. um, And we were just trying to sell things and we were trying to we we lived in the very bare bones budget for a long time and so that sacrifice that we made i think that that paid off because it 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 set us up to become just uh where i mean get us to where we're at now
1: which where you are now is a new real estate investor someone who travels to very fancy vacations with her family <laughs> right you are still living below your means, but you are creating this new, oh my God, like I can just think of your son and, and your daughter right now, like I don't want to cry, but I can just think of like the powerful message that you're sending to them of like, you can have it all, right? You can have a wealthy life. You can become a real estate investor if you want, and you can just have that abundance of like everything and purpose. So what is your definition of wealth?
0: So my, I think my definition of wealth is just being able to have time uh, for you to be in control of your time, I think. I mean, obviously there's different, like in the book that I mentioned, uh, the Rich That Poor Dad, he mentions four different categories of, of employees and there's business owners. Um, and then he mentions the investor, right? And so the investor is, their money is making money while they sleep while they're while they're just doing whatever they really want to do and so I want to get to that point where okay my real estate investments my money in the stock market my um, businesses are making me money while I'm able to live my life with my family spending time quality time with them and not being at a desk for example and nothing's wrong with the desk being there at nine to five because I'm there right now and through that I was able to to buy this real estate but eventually I want to, you know, go into the full-time investor where my money is making me money. I'm enjoying my family. uh, I might go on a vacation or two and just really just spending the time with them. um, I think that's my definition of wealth.
1: I love it. And I, and I know that is going to happen to you and your family because I see that consistency. I see that commitment that you guys have. So how can we support you? Where can people find you? What do you offer now Is your Now's your chance to just brag away.
0: Sure. So, primarily, I'm on Instagram. So, my my num, my name on Instagram is Our Journey with Less, and uh, it's kind of funny because we do real estate investing and Airbnb, and the name is so the name is started with the mindset because my wife and I are minimalists, and so that's how we started. We're like, okay, so what's the name that could kind of like incorporate everything? So, Our Journey with Less it's you know, is our name on Instagram, so people can find me there. And in, my, in the link in the bio, people can contact me um, or even just say hello. You know, primarily, that's where you can find me.
1: Perfect. Well, Victor, it has been an honor to have you here. I cannot wait until I get a hold of one of your books in the future. So I'm manifesting <laughs> this for you for real estate investing. And it has been an honor. So thank you again for coming to the podcast.
0: Sure. No, thank you for having me.
1: Mujer, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you find value on this episode and it will mean the world to me if you can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with your primas, your tias, la comadre. You can also share it on social media and tag me on Instagram. And if you know you're ready to start your well-building journey or launch an online business, Go ahead and check the show notes where you will find the link to apply to work with me. Thank you so much again for listening and hasta la próxima.